Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Baseball Podcast. Cameron Drummond and Stefan Kreisnick bringing you all the latest and greatest IU baseball news from inside Franklin Hall. And to start out this week's edition of the podcast, we have a special guest from Indiana University Student Television, Austin Matricardi, baseball reporter, sports director, all-around solid gentleman. Austin, welcome on the podcast. Top top Thank 10 you. guy. Top 10 top guy. Top 10 guy. Great Thank clubhouse you. guy. Thank you for the praise. I, I've always prided myself on being a good clubhouse guy. Love the hustle. He's a guy who, um, uh, you know, who always run out the ground ball. Exactly. You always, you, you, you run out, you, you run out pop outs too, you know. Just run out everything. Was that, was he, that what you he were would run out. It is. You, you always play hard. Always he would, play he hard. You would run out an infield fly. I would. You know, he'd do the, um, was it A-Rod or Jeter? It was probably A-Rod. We did the, you know, had the infield fly in Toronto and then yelled at the third baseman to get him to drop it. <laughs> no. Nope. That's Bush League. That's never an Austin that. Matricardi move. Nope. Anything. I would never. Anything to get the content. I would never. I would never do that. Don't listen to him. Well, can on that note, you'll continue to listen to me as can we I make talk a, about. Can I make another podcast note? Whoever's coming into the podcast before me and messing with my microphone okay. and trying to get me to break it, please, this is please stop. The worst opening we've had to a podcast in years. <laughs> it's Poss- all my fault. Possibly decades. <laughs> it's all my fault. But what's not the worst thing in the world is the Indiana Hoosiers baseball team right now. Not even close. They pulled off a 4-0 and week victory in the midweek against Indiana State. Three victories this past weekend against the Northwestern Wildcats. The Hoosiers now up to number eight in the D1Baseball.com national rankings. Check in at number 10 in the perfect game rankings. And I guess just real quick general thoughts from you two guys. I know Austin has limited time with us today. But what did you like from IU this weekend? I mean, obviously Northwestern, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. But the Hoosiers definitely took care of business in really convincing fashion. I think they outscored Northwestern 40-4 to in runs over the three games this weekend. Well, I think that, you know, the big takeaway for me was that they, over the weekend, they really kind of got back to being able to play fundamental baseball, working the count, getting bunts down, things like that. And while they were leaps and bounds better than Northwestern, as we saw over the course of the weekend, I think that you can still take series like that where you have the other team outmatched and still use them to maybe refine the the fundamental things and maybe just get back to playing fundamental baseball, especially with uh, a tough stretch coming up in the schedule. Yeah, I think you definitely have to look at how they've been able to work around in the offense around ha- not having Luke Miller in the lineup who stretched something or Yeah, let's something. talk about Luke Miller real quick. So he's been out of the lineup <clears throat> recently, started off as a suspension from Chris Lamonis kind of for having a bad attitude slash drawing at an umpire. Then it turned into an illness for two games, and then we learned that at the uh, one of the games against Northern Illinois, he was slow getting out of the box, re-aggravated a foot injury. So he's been out of the lineup for a little while under – whatever circumstances you want to call it, but the Hoosiers have been able to adapt well without him bringing in Cole Barr at third base, especially now kind of with the resilient play in the infield of Jeremy Houston and Justin Walker. Yeah, and Lamonis had mentioned how big it's been for the offense to be able to build or to work around that injury. He said that you're not going to be able to have one guy to replace Miller, but there's been three or four guys that have come in and out of the lineup and batted at the bottom of the lineup that have been huge, and it goes it goes to show in that last game against Northwestern Day, the starting from the starting lineup, the bottom three guys went six for twelve, and then obviously there was a lot of substitutions throughout the game. It was a twenty-two to one victory. So right. overall, they've been done a great job uh, working around not having Luke Miller, and even with him out of the lineup, who's arguably their arguably their best home run hitter, they've been mashing the ball. I mean, Scotty Bradley, Logan Sowers, Logan Kalita have all been hitting a lot of home runs for the team, and the small ball's been working. They had a lot of bunting and stolen bases and walks going on yesterday against Northwestern. So they're showing that. They can do whatever they want on offense in any fashion that they want, and that's what you want to see from a good team. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at you know Luke, what Luke Miller brings to the table. He he's a good power bat. He's a very talented player, but not having him due to this foot injury and suspension and illness and just the the triumvirate of things that have happened to him recently. Uh, I, I think it's been great for some of the younger guys on this team. It's been great for Drew Ashley, Cole Barr, you know, uh, even Justin Walker being able to get to play third base a little bit. So while not having Luke Miller isn't exactly ideal for the Hoosiers, I think that it's given them an opportunity to get their depth players some more experience. And I think it's really important, maybe not even just for this season, but maybe moving forward into the future when Luke Miller may not be here even next season. Mook Liller. That is, I yeah. I don't like a, that. I don't support good. that one. That was really forced. I think Jeremy Houston is the I'm best very one, happy. Okay. That's the best takeaway from the weekend. Okay. <laughs> so, speaking of takeaway from the weekend, we're going to try and turn. We're going to do a four. Oh, no, sorry. Excuse me. A five, totally four, botched five, four, three. Triple play. Five, four, three. Five, five four, three. Triple, triple play. play this week. Not a double play because of our friend Austin it's joining always, us. It's always rare when we have someone willingly come in the studio to join <laughs> us for this podcast. So. How many How many guests have you had before me? Am I the first one? You are the first non-Stefan or Cameron to be on the IDS Baseball Podcast. I am truly honored. So that's I mean that's tough competition because we're pretty two yeah. two pretty great. We're guys, phenomenal. So. Well, I mean at worst I can be third best, so <laughs> it's yeah. fine. We'll give you that. You can bet third in the lineup. It's okay. It's fine. I mean, Logan Sauer's best third, and that's not bad. Yeah. So yeah, pretty pretty good guy, pretty good yeah. player. I'll bet lead off though. Okay. <laughs> we'll All right, so we'll turn yes, the five four please. three triple play. We'll start off with five players that we felt were most important during this four game stretch. So I will start with, I'll start with one, and we'll let Austin take two and Cam take two. Um, Sounds good for me. I'll say, White Cross. Uh, not a, not a guy that gets a lot of playing time for IU, <laughs> but came in and took advantage of an opportunity in that blowout game against Northwestern. He hit a Home run, part of a uh, back-to-back home runs with Logan Sowers. So a great, great – it's just great to see that that that's kind of the epitome of what IU is this year. It's a team with so much depth. And to have a guy like that who rarely gets playing time – I mean, he's behind uh, Ryan Feynman, so that's a very tough position to be getting a lot of playing time in. So he, he came in, he had a home run. There's not much more you can ask for, him, for from him in that situation. So uh, Cross is one of my key players from the weekend. Well, uh, let's swing it over to my two players. Uh, I've got Drew Ashley and Jeremy Houston. Uh, we already talked about Luke Miller missing some playing time you know, with that foot injury, and I think Drew Ashley has stepped into the lineup, and he's been really useful for this Hoosier ball club. He got four hits over the weekend. Uh, he, he drove in a pair of runs on Sunday. Uh, he's very versatile, uh, and Coach Lamone has kind of spoke to this uh, during a, a recent media availability. He said, you know, that Ashley's a guy that he can play catcher, he can play second, he could pitch if this team needed him to, he can play third base. So uh, his versatility off the bench is tremendous for this team, and he's having a really good season despite limited playing time. I think his season average is almost up to 400 now. So I, I think that he's been crucial for this team, especially over the weekend. And then the other player that I have, Jeremy Houston, he's been very resurgent. Over the recent weeks, you know, he got benched in that Butler series, then came back and made a big defensive play in the Purdue series. And then ever since Indiana State, he's been lighting it up at the plate. He had that triple. Uh, He's gotten, let's see here, six RBIs in the last four games. For a guy that has a career batting average that is probably around 200 and has hit ninth every single game, basically, that he's been in college, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good weekend. He's also been resurgent in the field as well. Yes. He yeah, did have some struggles in the field. 
we've always known that he's a plus glove, but he, he did have that tough stretch against Butler where he committed two errors in the same inning in the, I think it was the bottom of the, or the top of the sixth. Yeah. But, uh, He's come back, and he's been really great all around for this team, and I think that's a big reason why they've been so successful. All right, so going to my two players now, I'm going to start with Jonathan Stever, delivered as part of the doubleheader Friday against Northwestern. He was obviously first up, had the afternoon game, delivered another lights-out performance, seven innings pitched, no earned runs, no runs allowed at all, and it was the sixth straight start for Jonathan Stever in which he went six innings or more, and kind of looking at that from a more ho- holistic point of view for the entire season, he's never had an outing where he's gone fewer than five innings, which is what he went in IU's opener against Oklahoma. So just the ability that he does to give IU's bullpen a rest on days that he pitches, you're limiting IU's bullpen to one, maybe two pitchers max when he is on the mound for a game, and also just how effective he's been. You know, 2.78 ERA, still striking guys out at a really high pace, has 60 for the season over the course of his starts, and just gives IU, along with Pauly Milto, a really dependable Friday-Saturday combination that they're able to rely upon and carry that into Sunday for Cam Beachamp because Cam Beachamp isn't quite the dominant pitcher that those two are, and that gives IU's bullpen the ability to really come out and shine if they need to during the Sunday starts. And my second player will be Ryan Feynman. I know, Stefan, you talked about his backup, Wyatt Cross, but Feynman did a great job this weekend of gunning down Northwestern runners. Northwestern was a team that liked to steal bases, liked to advance quickly on the base pass, and obviously that was something they tried to do as well this weekend, knowing that they were kind of overmatched against IU, and Feynman did a great job of kind of ruling them null and void when it came to trying to steal bases. So I'm a stolen base. Did you read my preview then, I'm assuming? I may I may have. You may have read the preview. I, may have, I may have visited IDSnews.com. I, I said in my preview that Feynman would be a big big uh, contributor in the series with how much Northwestern likes to run. And hate to say I was right, but it, it, you I was. Ha- you hate to say you're right. I hate to say I'm right, especially on a podcast like this when we got our friend Austin with us. But we'll go with uh, four takeaways now. Um, I'll give two this time. I'll say my first takeaway from the weekend is that I use – Still, by and large, the best team in the Big Ten, but watch out for Michigan. Uh, we talked a lot about Michigan being undefeated in the Big Ten last week. They continued that, I believe. I don't think they lost this weekend. Let's see. Yep, they're 8-0 in the conference. So Michigan is making a move up in some rankings. They, they cracked the top 25 today, didn't they, Cam? I think it was Minnesota that cracked the top Minnesota? 25. It was oh. Minnesota. Minnesota. Well, with Min- okay, you got Minnesota. Minnesota had a really good weekend at Purdue. So Minnesota cracking the top <laughs> 25, and, I mean, and they're not even at the top of the Big Ten standings. I still think IU is the best team, but but one takeaway is that you got to watch out, and, and you know the IU will play at Minnesota this year. They won't face Michigan this year, so it'll at be not, at least not until the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, Omaha. at least not until the tournament. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how Big Ten plays out. And I don't think it's going to be as much of a cakewalk as we might have expected before the season. And uh, my other takeaway is that IU has what it takes in si- with situational hitting. One of their problems had been throughout the season is that situational hitting wasn't wasn't going well for them. I mean. They weren't getting the type of outs that you want to get in certain mm-hmm. situations where you get a ground ground out RBI or a sack fly or something. And in this series against Northwestern, I think they showed that. They had great two-out hitting, especially in that second game when they scored uh, five runs with two outs in the eighth inning to win the game. So uh, they have what it takes now, and, and, and they just need to continue with the situational hitting, continue to get those sack flies and those two-out hits. And if they can t- continue that, then I think they have a great chance to, to go ahead in the Big Ten and, and – take down the rest of the teams my big takeaway from the weekend was that this lineup is tremendously deep mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier Steph the uh the bottom third of the lineup went six for 12 that's on on Sunday that's tremendous that's you know something that you don't see very often but 
there's so much depth in this lineup that you've got guys like you know Jeremy Houston who was swinging it really well, Justin Walker, Drew Ashley. You've got them all hitting down there, and you know maybe they wouldn't be down there if they were on other teams. Uh, and then you also saw on Sunday that Indiana was up big, so you know Coach Lamotis emptied the bench basically. You know got some of the the less experienced guys in there, the younger guys, the guys that don't usually get a lot of time, and. Indiana kept scoring runs like those guys never got subbed in. They they were still scoring. I mean, they put up eight runs after the bench was cleared, which was <laughs> well. No, to be fair, Northwestern brought a catcher in a pitch as well. Oh, at that point, Northwestern's catcher came in when there was already seventeen runs. Right, so okay. it's like they earned those first seventeen. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the even the at bats that guys were taking. When you know they were up that much, and you know the bench guys that got those opportunities to get those at bats, the at bats that they were taking, that they were having, were pretty pretty impressive for bench guys. So yeah. I, I think that that was the big takeaway for me. There is a lot of depth on this team, specifically in the field and at the plate. Yeah, my takeaway. I'm going to focus on Matt Gorski. Um, didn't get a chance to spotlight him in my kind of player to to come out of the series impressively, but man, he is raking at such a high level right now. Working on a six game win streak, has a hit in eight of his last nine games, and so many of these games have been multi hit games for Matt Gorski. Picked up multi hit games, two against Northwestern, one against Indiana State. Finds different ways to get on base on the on base as well. He had a four game walk streak snapped in this final game on Sunday against Northwestern that IU won. 22 to 1 and he's got a you know nice batting average at 348 and he's also such just a reliable presence for IU in the outfield as well had had a one bad moment earlier this year where he probably d- uh, dived for a ball trying to catch it that he shouldn't have I think that was maybe in either the Cincinnati or the Pacific game Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati when IU was kind of sputtering a bit to begin its home schedule but he's come on so nicely at the plate in the field has a like I said kind of of amongst everyday guys for IU leads the team with that 348 average has a bit of pop with his three home runs 18 RBIs and he's just had a really nice season to this point and he's really starting to hit his stride now yeah and I mean back to Austin's point about the depth on the team he's hitting you know five six or seven on on this team he's batting 348 so that just kind of goes to show when you have a guy that good uh, in the middle and towards the bottom of your lineup that's pretty crazy and then I want to touch up on Drew Ashley as well Lamone, you know, Drew Ashley's a backup catcher, and he's out there playing in the infield, and Lamona said that he could even play the outfield and hinted that if the situation came about that Ashley would probably be the guy that came in to pitch too. So, I mean, Drew Ashley really brings it all to the team, and that's a that's a very important player. So so is Drew Ashley like IU's 22-to-1 pitcher then? Yeah, Drew Ashley's IU's 22-to-1 pitcher. But, see, the thing is, IU does this thing where they have Stever go eight innings and Milton right, go eight yeah. innings, and then they got the whole bullpen, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. But. So, I mean, if you look at it, maybe if Indiana got to, like, the 25th inning or something, then maybe Drew Ashley <laughs> Yeah, would then maybe we could see Drew <laughs> Ashley. But, um, okay, and then now transitioning to our last uh, part of the segment, the three key moments from the weekend. Um, I'll start with what kind of seems to be the obvious moment, but eighth inning, you got uh, game two, IU's. Down two, bases loaded, two outs, and Jeremy Houston comes up to the plate in almost the perfect st- storyline, headline-type way. Hits a single um, to bring in two runs and tie the game. It's kind of the moment we were all waiting for, the kind of that breakthrough moment for Houston, and that might have been it. And that might might be what sparks IU the rest of the way. So even when the season ends and you know wherever IU gets, when you look back, that could be one of the key moments of the entire season, let alone – of the weekend series. So that that hit by Houston was huge, and that was one of my three key moments from the weekend. Looking at my key moment from the weekend, Indiana got down 1-0 in the, the top of the first on that second game, the one that ended up being so close. And 
the the key moment for me was in the bottom of the first. Logan Kalitha steps up to the plate with mm. a deficit, and he leads off the bottom of the first with a home run. He instantly erases that deficit. He was, gets that was a deep home board. run too, left center it, field. It was so. I think that that's really what got the the Hoosiers started in that game. I think that if that doesn't happen, then maybe they let Northwestern build on that lead a little bit more. Maybe things don't look as good for Indiana late in that game. So I think that it was really big for Indiana to get that leadoff home run from Logan Kalitha. Yeah, what I'm going to focus on for my moment of the weekend is going to be, Stefan, you talked about the bottom of the eighth inning and how Jeremy Houston came in clutch with that breakthrough moment, if you want to say that two-RBI single to tie the game 3-3, but you still needed Logan Kalitha to come up right after him with a two-RBI single of his own to actually give IU what would become the game-deciding runs, give IU a 5-3 lead before Matt Lloyd also made it 6-3 for the inevitable final score. But I think just more of a Logan Kalitha perspective on it, a guy who, as Austin mentioned, hit the home run when the team needed it, just a boost to start the game after going down 1-0 in front of a huge crowd against Northwestern, and then also in the bottom of the eighth inning as well. Heading out, Austin. Austin Matricardi comes on for the first 10 minutes of the podcast, a valiant effort. He must now deal with <laughs> IUS TV matters or matters of life. We're really not sure. He's kind of a mysterious gentleman. He's a nice guy. But he'll be coming with us to Notre Dame tomorrow night. a nice little zip-up on it. I like that. You guys will be coming with me to Notre Dame. I'm driving. We're not going to Notre Dame. Well, we're going to Indianapolis. Indianapolis. The, in, the Notre Dame game. We're actually going to the Circle Mall, aren't we? Yeah, we are going to the Circle we, we're Mall. We're going to the Circle Mall. I need some shoes, man. I'm, I'm driving, <laughs> so you guys are coming with me. Well, however you want to put it, we're going with him. He's going with us. We're all to going the to the same game. place. It's okay. the Christmas game. I will be It'll in be there. very festive. <laughs> I will be in the red tomorrow. Notre Dame will be in the green. All green and all red. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be like color rush uniforms for the NFL. Okay, we're, we are not the NFL here, but we appreciate Austin coming on. For some of his time, we know he is a very busy man. Meanwhile, Stefan and I will continue to talk IU baseball. So now what? So now let's talk more about a big picture view for this for IU. They go 4-0 this past week. They're up to number 8 in some of the national rankings. Like I mentioned, D1 Baseball has them at 8. Perfect Game has them at number 10. What do you think the ceiling is for this team, and how long can they keep this latest kind of undefeated stretch up? We've seen them have winning streaks up in the 7-8 game mark earlier this season. Right now they're, of course, having a 4-0 week. And if you go back to the final couple games of the Purdue series, they're working on a 6-game win streak with Notre Dame, Ball State, and then the series at Ohio State this weekend. Just how long can they keep this up for? I mean, oh, man, like coming into the season, they were we saw them top 25. They're the only Big Ten team coming into the season in the top 25. And, and, they, and they still are for most of the part. Minnesota snuck into number 25 in the latest rankings from D1 Baseball, but it was the first time this season that a Big Ten team not named Indiana has been represented in that top 25, and IU is still largely the only Big Ten team receiving that kind of national praise. Yeah, so, I mean, coming in, we kind of expect them to be the big, best team in the Big Ten and possibly – or not possibly, but more than likely take the Big Ten tournament, uh, which is being played in Omaha this year. And our expectations for them were definitely to win the Big Ten. But, I mean, as the season has progressed, I mean, they moved up to number eight now. And it and it seems like, right to me personally, this is the best stretch of baseball that I've seen them play all season, I think. And to be at number eight right now and just continue to move up and be on this hot streak, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they cracked the top five at some point, to be honest with you. And the way they're looking, I mean – to say that I don't know if there is a ceiling on this team. They, I think they have what it takes. Um, the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is a roof for this team. I mean, from shout out MJ <laughs> from on the mound to and, you know their defense has cleaned up recently, and then their bats have just been firing on all cylinders. 
it seems like it's going to be very hard for someone to stop this team. So I, I think they have the potential to win it all if they want to. They could be national champions. Now, are they going to? I don't know because – Well, let's not, some, let's not get super crazy Yeah, because, I mean, there's some great teams at the top. You look at Florida I mean, and Oregon State. You feel like they, they keep this up. They'll definitely put themselves in a position where they'll be hosting a regional, maybe even hosting a super regional. Mm-hmm. And from there, I guess, kind of all bets go off. But, you know, as you mentioned, the the top of – the, the the creme de la creme is kind of established. Wow. When you go when you go oh. into the south and look at those schools, your Florida's, Texas Tech's high up there, Texas A and M just cracked the top twenty five. Um, even look at you know you know some of your perennial powers, yeah, Vandy, North good. Carolina, schools like that. Yeah, and and we know how good the the teams are usually from the south. The teams you just mentioned, but I mean a top eight team is a is a top eight team, and you know there's not much explanation that needs to go in that they're not one of those teams that are cracking it just because they're a big name team or something like that. I mean if anything, when it comes to baseball, you would consider IU to be one of the the smaller names, and for them to crack the top eight like they have it, it's a big deal. And granted, you know D one baseball has kind of been high on IU most of the season. They've been the they were the first to put them in the top ten. Uh, whenever you look at the the standings and the rankings, it seems like D one baseball is putting IU the highest up there but nonetheless i mean they're making moves in all these other polls as well um they're moving up into rpi as well so they i mean it's an understatement to say this is a good team this is a really great team with uh with potential all around the diamond and it's going to be exciting i mean they got a big stretch of big 10 games coming up including um and i mean they have all big 10 games the rest of the season except for a home game against kentucky that Kentucky's a well, number, okay. well, number so, so top they'll play 10 the, team in some They'll play regions. the Ohio State series this coming weekend. I should note the game that's at Purdue on the 25th of April, which will be broadcast on ESPNU, that does not count towards the conference yeah, that's standings. A that's just game. a non-conference kind of rivalry game, similar to the mm-hmm. way in which IU played Rutgers as part of the tournament, the Snowbird Baseball Classic, earlier this season. But, yeah, Kentucky non-conference, Louisville non-conference, Purdue non-conference, Ball State, Notre Dame, but the rest is all Big Ten series. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's a bit. It's I mean, going into the season, Lamona said that this would be the toughest stretch of games, and it certainly seems to, that it's going to play out that way. And it's, it, you know, I think IU's playing their best baseball right now, which is important going into the stretch of games. And if they could come out and still be on top, like like they are, I think they they will have proven themselves definitely by that point. It's going to be inter- It's going to be I guess interesting, and it's going to be fun to watch this team as they go into postseason play. Right, yeah, and I mean, you look at kind of the, the jockeying for position in, in the Big Ten standings. We talked about Michigan still being undefeated at that number one spot. The Big Ten's one of those leagues where the ceiling is pretty high when you look at an undefeated team, Michigan, occupying the top spot in the rankings, IU, not too far behind them after this weekend sweep of Northwestern. But the bottom is also kind of kind of a crater there when you have mm-hmm. Penn State, Northwestern, Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, that also definitely affects the rankings. I mean, it's it affects the RPI as well, too. Like yeah. For example, IU basically kind of went down the RPI this weekend, not only just because of – not because of their results, but just because of the team they were playing. Yeah, I mean, Northwest is not a good team, but, I mean, those are some impressive wins. I mean, 12 nothing, 22 to 1. And right. It, those are impressive. It passes the eye test yeah, more than pass, does the computer that's, test. That's, and that's all that should matter, really. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, what I want to touch up on is we remember that stretch when the IU started their first stretch of home games against Cincinnati Pacific. Um, they – they they were getting wins, but they weren't necessarily passing the eye test. And they, I they were winning without playing good baseball, which yeah. probably is the sign of a good team. But also, they were really going through some hard labor to get victories that mm-hmm. now they'd probably kind of breeze past. You'd yeah. think. Yeah, and that, I mean, and just watching them now, I mean, especially this the series against Northwestern, they were just really fun to watch. They're a really exciting team, and they're showing how good they are now, and it's all kind of coming together. 
And especially with the defense coming together, I mean, a, a big part of the season that they struggled with was defense kind of blowing some games for them or almost blowing some games for them. And against Northwestern, the defense was nearly flawless, made some great plays. So really playing well right now, definitely passing the eye test, and it's going to be exciting to see how it goes the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, going piece by piece towards the rest of Ivy's Big Ten schedule, it gets very interesting. We talk about this series this weekend at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are 6-3, and three, IU 6-2 and two in conference. So in terms of where they are in the standings, that's basically, you know, a a thing where whoever wins that series two to one or three nothing is going to swap places with the other team. Illinois nine and three in conference this year, so they're a couple games better than IU. They'll be IU's next opponent for a home series in Bloomington, and then IU closes the season with two road series back to back: Minnesota, Nebraska, then home against Maryland. Minnesota this season right now at seven and one, so by percentage points they're second place in the conference. Bit of an off year for Nebraska. They're already down at three and seven, and then Maryland is at three and five. So those are maybe two tough series towards the end of the season. The very last two series you think were gonna be maybe a bit more difficult than the records indicate for Nebraska and Maryland, but that just kinda almost highlights the importance as well of the series before that, especially Illinois, Ohio State, and as I mentioned, Minnesota. Yeah, and this is gonna be a big this is gonna be a big week for IU. I mean they got this is the f- I mean, since they started the season, when they played all those games, you know, down south and in California and stuff, this is probably their going to be their toughest week. I mean, you got a neutral uh, neutral field game against uh, Notre Dame, a home game against Ball State, and then three on the road at Ohio State. And Ohio State's a pretty good team. I'm looking at their stats right now, and it seems that they got three, five guys that have had at least 100 at-bats and are batting over 333. So, I mean, they got some pretty good hitters on this team, and their pitching isn't too bad either. So, It'll it'll be interesting to see how it all plans out or plays out. This this is a big week in itself, and then going forward, um, all those series that you mentioned against the Big Ten are going to be tough tough also. So, it it all almost kind of starts here. I mean, you could say it kind of started with the Northwestern series, but you know Northwestern's not a great team. This is where it really starts a stretch of tough games for IU and playing in tough environments on the road and a lot of you know they started off with so many road games now they're playing a lot more road games again. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, it's going to be tough for IU, and I think they have what it takes. I mean, a team that's 20 games over 500 is is a good team. There's no debating that. And right. now it's time to kind of show their true colors, and they're going to need to get some nitty-gritty wins, and I think they have what it takes. Right. Not to harp on this too much, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't focus a little bit more on Michigan and the run they're having right now. 17 straight victories. I mean, some of them they've played against not the toughest teams in the conference. They started out with a sweep of Michigan State, who right now is what, three and five in conference play. And then when you look at some of the other teams they've beaten to get to that eight and no conference mark that they're mark that they're currently at. Sw- uh, swept Maryland in a two-game series, swept Northwestern in a three-game series, not as convincing a fashion as IU did, but nonetheless. And then you have some some kind of weaker non-conference games in the middle there, Delaware, Central Michigan, Oakland, Western Michigan. But winning 17 games in a row against anyone really is a remarkable accomplishment. Spe- and that's, especially in baseball. Yeah, especially when you're, I mean, you're playing, what, maybe three, four, even five times a week at most, like IU's getting set to do this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through. I think aside from Northwestern, the only common opponent they've had is San Diego, and um, I believe it's around Santiago. It's not. It is not pronounced Santiago. It is definitely. I think San Ron Burgundy pronounced it like that. <laughs> well, anyways, they did lose to San San Diego, 
Um, almost early. said Santiago there. I, I almost got you. You're too. messing with me now. Come on, you're messing with my flow. I man. almost got you. <laughs> they uh, they lost to San Diego, and um, IU took three or four against San Diego. I think so. That's really the only thing you can kind of base it off of, whether you want to or not. I mean, one game is one game, but they've turned it around now. And I mean, regardless of who the, who a team is playing, when they're coming in with 17 straight wins, they're feeling good, and they're they got a lot of momentum on their side, and it almost seems like everything goes their way. So. Uh, luckily for IU, they don't have to play Michigan anytime soon. They right. have to play Ohio State. And Ohio State's, I mean, struggling a little bit recently. They, I mean, they're 9-2 at home. So, I mean, it's it's a tough environment to play in um, on the road in Columbus like that. And they're going to be, let's see, right now they have a four-game winning streak. And then they have a game against Miami, Ohio, Youngstown State, and then IU um, comes in. So, they're coming off a sweep at Penn State. It seems like everyone that IU plays is coming off a sweep against <laughs> Penn State. Um, no, I mean, I think there's a reason why Penn State's one eleven, just like Northwestern in conference play. At some point in this season, I believe, I don't think it's Penn State and Northwestern plays here, but maybe Northwestern and Michigan State. That could be a strong candidate for worst series of the season. I don't, see, I don't want to harp I, on. I, I'm, I'm not going to harp on Penn. State. I have, a, I have a friend from my church that goes to Penn State. Okay. We're pretty close. So no, I'm not, no, I'm okay. not going to harp on Penn. You mark can it, harp on Penn State. Mark it down, folks. April 27th to April 29th, Northwestern at Penn State. That's going to be an awful series. <laughs> That's 1-11 versus 1-11 right now in conference before they play another series this weekend, each of those two teams. See, what so that will be a battle to decide who is the bottom of the Big Ten. See, but if one of those teams pulls off a sweep, who knows, maybe they could end up moving up a little bit and sneaking into the no. top eight. You don't no. think so? No. I mean, okay, granted they're 1-11, but Nebraska's 3-7, and seven, Michigan State's 3-5, and five, Maryland's 3-5. and five. Did you watch Northwestern play baseball this past weekend? I did. Okay. Did you? I did. You went to, you we went. were there. <laughs> oh, I was there for I two games. You were there for two games. I, no, I was there That's for what three. It, that, I was there for when two When you add them together, they shake out. <laughs> All right, so just to provide some final thoughts here, we've kind of talked about the IU offense a bit, obviously, with the 22-1 to explosion against Northwestern. What do you think this week looks like from a pitching perspective? Again, five scheduled games, Notre Dame, Ball State, back-to-back, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and then the three-game set, Ohio State. Obviously, you're going to go Steve or Milto probably be champ just like normal for your Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. What do you think these next two games look like for IU from a starting pitching point of view? I mean, now looking at it, I guess this is the first time that they've had a stretch of five games like this in a week. Five games it? in one week. And, I mean, sometimes they've had – they can't even get four games in one week yeah. just because of the weather. So yeah. this is going to be really uncharted territory. Yeah, and I think – let's see. So they threw Manis for an inning or two yesterday. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Manis got to start in one of those games. And okay. then – Maybe Tim Heron again. We saw Tim Heron against Indiana State last week. He he had a pretty pretty nice outing for you. So I, and I don't think he pitched that all over the weekend. So I would say Connor Manis and Tim Heron, and then put an asterisk next to uh, Andrew Solfrink. He he struggled a little bit this year, but he had one nice inning there at the end against Northwestern. Where his I mean he's just shown that when his curveball is on, he's he's a really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of just getting his control down. So I wouldn't be surprised if. I'd, I'd be surprised, but it's not unlikely to see him in one of those two games. But I think it's right probably now, more likely the Ball State game. Yeah, but right now I'll say Manis. I'll probably say Heron against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and then Manis against Ball State, and kind of maybe maybe even see a bullpen game there. But I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. There's a lot of options, especially with with this past weekend. Not they haven't had to use a lot of bull. I mean, in the past two weeks they haven't had to lose, use a lot of bullpen arms. So and Heron fared fared pretty well last, I believe last Wednesday against Indiana yeah. State. Was it yeah. Terre Haute native? Yeah. So it, it's gonna it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I mean, you're not traveling a lot. I mean, you're staying here in Indianapolis and then staying in Bloomington. So you're not traveling a lot. You have your bullpen arms available. It's it's a chance to take two in-state wins. And 
I think it closes that stretch of like really hardcore Indiana yeah. in-state opponents. Yeah. Right? I know Northwestern kind of messed with that. Yeah, IU hasn't left the state of Indiana <laughs> in about two or three weeks. So um, I guess maybe they're excited to go to Columbus, get out of Indiana for a little <laughs> bit, get out of all the cornfields and stuff. So um, so I'll say I think they'll beat uh, both Notre Dame and Ball State. Okay. That Ball State game's a throwback game, so that'll be interesting yeah, that's to gonna see. Be a, that's going to be a IU's got some nice jerseys battle. this year. IU has some nice jerseys this well, year. Well, it's going to be a sick uniform week just because of the red-green complex of that IU <laughs> Notre Dame Christmas affair. Going to throw it back for the Ball State game. <laughs> So yeah, so I think they'll win both games against Notre Dame and Ball State, and then I'll say, I'll say two of three at Ohio State. I, think, I said th- I uh, on the them. on the four pointer WIOX last night when we were promoting and picking IU baseball games. I was I said three and zero. Oh. I think this could be a series this weekend where IU really you know puts its foot down, stamps its authority on the conference, you know kind of beats its chest, lets out a big yop, big look at me. So I think three and zero. I don't know if they're gonna do that, but Dead Poet Society, big <laughs> yop. Yeah, I think I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they I mean they're a good team they're a top yep. eight team so I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off a sweep I'll say two out of three, um, and then so exciting stretch of games coming up for IU they're looking Very. good right now games are fun the team is fun so I mean come out to Clark Coffin and watch some games not this I mean this week there's only one home game this week but yeah if you show up to, if you show up on Tuesday night or Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday afternoon you're probably gonna be pretty disappointed yeah unless you're just like sitting in softball a, have any home games. Yeah, they are. I believe softball's home this weekend. IU softball tearing it up. So that little that little intersection there where Andy Moore fields right across from Bart Kaufman Field, there is some very good stick and ball being yeah, played by the IU Hoosiers. Good stick and ball right now. Uh, we're a stick and ball school. We are. I, mean, yeah, I guess we are. We're. I mean, men's soccer and stick and ball. Those men's are soccer and stick and ball. And swimming and diving. That's what IU does. <laughs> but as we mentioned, a five-game stretch coming up for IU this week. Tuesday night at Victory Field in India against Notre Dame. Wednesday night home against Ball State, and then the three-game set in Columbus, Ohio, against the Columbus, uh, Columbus Buckeyes, against the Ohio State <laughs> Buckeyes. I'm thinking Columbus Blue Jackets hockey here. Okay. But yeah, Don't five... talk, talk about the Capitals. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a show, that's a story for another show. <laughs> but five-game set, of course, this coming week. We'll be bringing you all the news. We'll be going, along with Austin, who we had on earlier, to Indy tomorrow night for the Notre Dame game. We'll be there, obviously, for Ball State and bringing Baseball you live Baseball boys coverage. take the road. Bringing you live coverage of the Ohio State series as well. So be sure to follow us, follow IDSnews.com, follow us on Twitter at IDS underscore sports for all your IDS baseball updates. For Stefan Kreisnick, I'm Cameron Drummond. Thanks, as always, for listening to the IDS Baseball Podcast.